Welcome to 40 Years to Freedom Podcast. I've got the lovely Brit here today. How you doing? I'm great. How are you today? Very good. Thank you. And I have a very good friend of mine here in house. Welcome, Miss Risa Lopez. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited that you're here today. Uh, many reasons. Just because you're from the area, you know the area, you know tons of people here in town. But even more importantly, you are my mentor, and I've told you this a million times. Um, we connected years and years and years ago, uh, right outside of beauty school. It was actually at beauty school when I first met you. And I've just looked up to you. I still look up to you to this very day. So I'm so excited that you're here to talk with us today. Thanks, Jen. You're you welcome. Make me all weepy eyed. Yeah. Don't get weepy yet. Don't get weepy yet. There's plenty of time for crying. I no, no, no. Anyway, so we are here to talk about um, success, being a business owner, what that looks like as a female here in town. Um, so let's just jump right in. And Risa, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself so the listeners can kind of get to know you. Okay. Well, I can't say I'm a native Nevadan because I was moved here when I was a little, around one years old. My dad was a dentist and um, got his training in California or his... I guess his secondary training in California and decided not to live there. So my parents are both from Nevada. My dad's from Fallon and my mom's from Wadsworth. And so when we got stuck on the freeway down in Southern California, um, they said we're out. And so my dad bought a business up here in Reno, um, a dental business. A guy was retiring and I showed up here at one years old and then my two sisters followed. Nice. And did you, so you went to high school and all of that here? Yep, all the schools, Hunter Lake, Swope, Reno High, then UNR, and then cool. local beauty school. Very nice. What was the name of the local beauty school that you went to? Um, it was it was called International Academy of Style. It's now called Redken International, and it's moved several times since I went to school. I'm very familiar with that one. So uh, I actually met you through the beauty school, and I was a student. I'm going to just talk about this for just a second because that was one of Brittany's questions is um, how did you become my mentor? Now, I met you through the school when you came and did a presentation about hiring an apprentice. Mm. And to me, that's the only path that I wanted to do when I was graduating was be an apprentice so I could get more familiar with being behind the chair, all of that. And at that time, there wasn't a lot of salons here in town that were doing it. So I jumped on it like when it really I did all of my research in beauty school of where I wanted to work, what I wanted to do. Good girl. I applied at one salon and that was yours. Literally, it was one salon. And I've actually talked about this a couple times on the podcast. Um, I had five interviews with you, five (laughs) different interviews. I came in and did um, a sit down interview with you and Derek. Uh, I came in and did um, two or three hands on Mm. like cuts haircuts I think they were and uh, I think I did a blow dry style and then I came and hung out just for a couple days Mm -hmm. and at the very end of it you broke my heart because (laughs) I didn't actually get the job and I was so upset I was so (laughs) upset and I was like what the heck like I literally just gave you like a week's worth of free time and you actually changed it and turned it around and offered me your very first um Commission position. Commission yeah, position. I did. We tur- we we opened yeah. up a position just for you. Yeah, which yeah. was actually incredible. Yeah, yeah, that was super what was incredible. Your so you did oh, it. Was, no, so she was booth rent. So okay. she had a booth rent salon, and then her apprentice programs worked under three, and then 
when Derek was around, that's when he was traveling much more. Yeah. They would help him out too. Okay. So the apprentice would help those stylists out. Okay. Which were all booth renters, including Risa being an owner. Um, but she created a commission position just for me. So mm-hmm. it was like yeah. a 60-40 split, something like that. Um, I don't quite remember all the details, mm-hmm. but you got my foot in the door and I loved it. And instantly, the atmosphere of your salon, the team work the team building like I did so many education classes with you guys I sat down with um Derek who's the education director at your salon he did specialized classes with us you brought in so many different people along the way and it truly was an amazing experience for someone just out of beauty school Mm -hmm. so thank you for that oh you're welcome can I just say something um I was a customer of your salon probably like 2006 seven eight my mom and I we'd kind of like pop around we never had like a specific hairstylist or anything at the regular the location we're at now or our old location um, no, it's was it the one that you're at now okay. over off? So I don't know if it was McCarran, yeah, yeah, uh huh. And um, it was always so fun in there. I that like talked me into going to beauty school. Really? Yeah, just That's the so everyone cool. was like vibed, and it was just like how I pictured the salon industry to be. And so um, it kind of like gave me that little catapult. I didn't go till years later, but it it definitely. It stuck in your me. mind yeah in the back of your mind absolutely well i have to say jen we do that still to this day where people have to jump through hoops to see if we're the right fit for them because i think it's important they start at the right spot i agree in this i agree industry, and yes i remember one time a stylist walked in and she held up one of my business cards she wanted to work at the salon and she goes is this what my card needs to look like and i'm like well we haven't even talked yet you don't even know if you like me. Do I like you? Let's sit and visit. Right. And the the ones that are willing to do that are the ones that go far in our business and the ones that aren't. Yep. Just doesn't I don't see them making it. Yeah. Yep. Unfortunately. But and you told me this one time, you said you're the only salon that I know of that makes you do all those things. And I know there's other salons that are doing that. But I think also you have actually paved a way because a lot of salons were not doing that. And there's a lot of newer salons, I would say, in Northern Nevada since oh, I totally. graduated yes. the beauty industry. Yes. I mean, the beauty school. And uh, they uh, there's so many more uh, businesses out there that do have apprentice programs, assistant positions, um, more education, hands-on education, totally. all of that kind of stuff. And they are making these girls work, or yeah. boys, oh, um, making yeah. them work in order to get their position. It's not like it's just handed to them. Mm-hmm. Like they have to earn their their place there. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's great. One thing that I always told uh, the students when I would teach the business classes, that was another thing that you did. You would come in mm-hmm. and she would do and the business for classes mm-hmm. for us. And I still actually have, I when I left, I'm like, oh, that's not actually this school's. This is my friend, so I'm gonna keep it with me just in case I need it one day. <laughs> but I still have all your paperwork from that, from the business class that you would do. And the... One thing that I kept doing, because I did all of those classes for years oh, at yeah. the school, that I would make sure that they understood to make a list of the salons that they wanted to work at, mm-hmm. um, narrow them down by going and visiting them as an outsider. Mm-hmm. Like, don't just automatically be like, oh, I want to work at Trey Amage and go in and introduce yourself. You don't know if you're if that's going to be your vibe, if that's mm-hmm. you're going to be a good fit. So I always tell them, I'm like, book the cheapest appointment you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to invest in yourself if this mm-hmm. is where you want to succeed. Yeah, get a manicure. And I'm like, come in and just get a yeah. blowout. Like, yeah. go get a blowout. There you go. And then this way you can, you 
come in as a customer and you're observing from a customer standpoint, are there stylists standing around gossiping? Are there, you know, people... Are they friendly? Did they greet me? Exactly. Are the customers happy? Are there people running out of the salon with their hair on fire? Like you want to (laughs) know all of this stuff before you actually make that commitment. So I'm happy to say I truly did my research in beauty school. I knew exactly where I wanted to work. I applied at one salon and that was the salon that I worked at. So it was a great experience for me. Hmm. That's awesome. That's when cool. did you go to beauty school? You said you went to UNR, so that was you went to college. Yeah, and then I went later? to school for journalism and speech communication, and then um, I was a makeup artist when I got out of beauty school or when I got out of high school. So that was in '89, and so I was doing weddings and doing a lot of traveling up to Lake Tahoe and all that. That's and my hairstylist Corey, who owned Da Vinci's, um, was like, "Just go to beauty school and get your hair license." And I'm like, "All right." So I went and visited the three beauty schools at the time. And the school I ended up choosing was the one where the owner came out, shook my hand, gave me a tour, and it was very professional at the mm-hmm. time. Paul Mitchell wasn't in existence yet. Um, and right now, I believe Paul Mitchell's doing a very good job on all the that kind of stuff. They do a very mm-hmm. good job. Um, but anyway, so Bonnie owns uh, the school that I go to. She's the one that actually came out and visited, and then I started. And so yeah. um, took a year to go to school, then I went over to Da Vinci's um, happened, big impact. We sat on their floral couch crying and clients were arriving. It was so crazy and memorable. Um, And then they decided they didn't want to have a salon anymore. And there wasn't room for me um, at the place they were going to go to. And so I just decided to open my own salon and had no, you know, experience. I'd only ran my own business. So had no, no experience how to run a salon or how to do it. But I had sat with Corey many times um, and she taught me all the things about paperwork and inventory and booking appointments Mm -hmm. and customer service and I just went for it and so three months later Tremage was born and that was it. How old were you when that started? When you started that salon? Oh gosh I don't know so that's uh, 2002 and I'm 51 now so whatever that is. (laughs) We're hairdressers not mathematicians. I think it's 21. I think it's 21 years ago. Wow. And so we were at another spot we were there for five years at that location I think it was like 1200 square feet we had nine people one receptionist and then um, we outgrew that location we decided to go somewhere else and we were now at the same the location we're at now. So 3900 square feet um, 20 people and we ended up becoming after you when we got you to be a commission stylist um, a hybrid salon so originally we were a booth rental salon um and i you know across the country you know booth rental is not even legal in some states right Mm -hmm. so but nevada it is and so um but then we started needing more people to come in that didn't have clients Mm -hmm. um to fulfill the need because we were we were so booked we went through the 0708 Mm -hmm. um financial crisis or whatever they call it um and we just need more people. I think as our location, we didn't have a salon in that location, and we just got all these people. Yep. And so um, all the new people, I mean, we even had a guy that just started a couple months ago. He just went full-time, or he's going full-time April 1, and the front desk girl had told him two months ago when he started, you're going to need to go full-time soon. And he's like, oh, I'm okay. Like, I'm going to stay part-time. And so he just came to me yesterday and said, I need to go full-time because yeah. I'm just getting too many clients. And so I think what's happening is, is after COVID, you know, um, there was a shortage because a lot of people got out of the industry, you know, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, there's less places for people to go. Mm-hmm. And so those that stuck through it and, and made it are now thriving, are doing good. Yeah. Well, hairdressing, and this is something that, um, so my 
grandmother. I always have to be very specific. So my grandmother is my dad's mom and my grandma's my mom's mom. So my grandmother was a beautician. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she used to work at Bullock's. I don't know if you guys ever had a Bullock's here. So it was like Macy's before Macy's, right? It, like Macy's, I think was Bullock's, Robinson's May, then Macy's. Okay. Um, but she's, there was a salon inside of it and she was there forever. So um, she used to always tell me because she'd be cutting my hair in her kitchen that this industry has survived all of time. So if even if you go way back to like the depression, women would somehow still make time to be able to get their hair set like once a week mm-hmm. or to be able to find mm-hmm. something to put some lip color on their lips. Mm-hmm. Like there was some things that always still thrived and that was one of them during financial, you know, crisis. Mm-hmm. And same thing I think with COVID. Like I mean, I struggled cuz I had three eyelashes I think by the end of COVID <laughs> mm-hmm. cuz I couldn't get them done. Like two yeah. inches but of it's like you right? know how many yeah pairs of um of strip lashes i bought in that time or this like to yeah. make up the difference just because it's what i needed it was to important fulfill for you. Do you know how many women and men came to me after covid and just gave me a hug because they're like i didn't know what i, I was gonna you. do i missed you like i can't cut my hair myself or i can't color my hair my roots you know they don't have that experience like i don't think people realize how much they're they um, realized how hard it was right yeah. to do their own yeah, yeah when before it kind of got a bad rap you oh know? my gosh oh, you just do hair but yeah, yeah we do hair and uh and it's a business yeah you know it people are taking it more seriously i mm-hmm. think that people don't really think a lot into oh they're just hairdressers even to this very day just talking with people who are still in the industry i haven't been in the industry in almost three years now it's so much more than that. Like you're a a, a therapist. Mm-hmm. You are a relationship expert. You have knowledge of so many different subjects because when someone's in your chair, they trust you enough to literally pour out their soul to you yeah. at all times. Good, bad, and ugly, right? Mm-hmm. So you know them at all levels, right? Yeah, and they trust you. Yeah. And they trust mm-hmm. you. So I think people don't understand that compassion it ha- that, that we have to have in this industry to be able to, sometimes you just have to be listening, right? Mm-hmm. We literally just podcasted about this. Sometimes you just need somebody to listen, but sometimes you're going to want that person who's usually just the listener to give you some sort of advice, you know, yeah, and then want to chime in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just so many different things. So let's actually jump into that really quick COVID. Um, how did that look for you guys? Oh my God. So I was in Mexico. I had left. So it was interesting. I had hired a social media manager just before I had left for Mexico. It was spring break, right? Mm-hmm. Which and we all know. Yes. Oh, so you do know Marcel. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yep. She's Marcel. so amazing. Oh, yeah. so amazing. Thank yeah. The biggest, yes. the best Love thing her. I ever did. Yeah. Because I'm not a big, I don't like to, I, I mean, I'm scrolling, but I'm not. You know, she's so organized. She knows how to organize everything. It's amazing. Anyway, so um, I got a pedicure. We were leaving from Mexico. Marcel came to have her business meeting with me to hire her. And she goes, okay, well, just give me one month to try it out. And if I suck, then we'll just not do it. Mm -hmm. And so I left for Mexico. While we were there, we got the announcement the salon was being closed down. All my people are running around trying to navigate this whole thing get their last clients in people are calling the salon the for, panic, for to yeah. move their cl- their appointment from friday to wednesday because they i think we had to be closed Done down by, by like wednesday yeah. someday uh-huh. on it was yeah. like noon at yeah. a certain mm-hmm. time i was, it was on depressing. i was on podcasts and zooms i you know i belong to a lot of coaching groups and so um all those coaching groups i had paid for or were a part of were hosting all these ways to navigate that and so my husband runs a car dealership, so he's on his earbuds, and I'm in mine. We're at the swimming pool with our daughter, 
um, while she's swimming, we're on these things learning how to navigate what we're going to do. So we get back to Reno. We barely made it. They had um, this one flight that came out of, you know, um, Phoenix to get back into Reno. The airport was dead, closed down. It was crazy. I got to the salon the next day. It looked like we'd been ransacked um, because they were so busy trying to close up. And the, you know, police were going around mm-hmm. to our place, the salon, a lot of salons, mm-hmm. making sure we closed up, right? Yeah. Um, we had five loads of wet towels I ended up doing on that Sunday. I mean, it was so crazy. And I had had Dean, who's been with me for a long time, take home all the, the inventory because, you know, my in my mind, I'm in Mexico thinking someone's going to break this in. This is a perfect Looting, time. Vacant building. This is a perfect time for someone to break in, knowing mm-hmm. that whatever. So all the retail, you know, twenty thousand dollars worth of retail was off our shelf um, in a haphazard way. It was so mm-hmm. crazy. It mm-hmm. was wow. it was very cool. It's really crazy to reflect on right now. Just really big, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, Monday hit, and uh, my bank called and said you need to apply for this PPP. And then uh, my financial advisor's calling to find out if he can help me. So all these people are coming out of the woodwork to connect, and it was so it was so cool. That's awesome. I mean, it was a that's really awesome big that you have people expensive. on your team that can help you. Not mm-hmm. necessarily your direct team, but your network team that are going to reach out automatically. Because I know so many people I who mean, didn't even know where to start. Just me as a little booth renter in a little salon. It was just like, well, I just am going to have to go home and figure this out i you know i had no guidance or anything like that i'm in an all booth rent salon my owner is my best friend who graduated the same day as me so like we don't know you know um it was a weird time for sure you're lucky you had and you know what um it's said like just everybody that went through that are now have their emergency plan Mm -hmm. you know now we all have that Mm -hmm. everybody started an emergency fund exactly but um, my booth renter, no, same thing. No I was holding, I had never held a Zoom call before. Mm-hmm. I signed up for Zoom and we did Zoom calls. And some people, some of my booth renters were on board. You know, when you're a booth renter, independent contractor, they don't have to do anything you say. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in charge of their own business, their own life. But when you're a part of a salon, it's a big family of people. And um, so I was giving them, I would go through a workshop in the morning with my coaching group, and then I would hold a class for them to teach them what to do. Some did it and some didn't. And guess what? Some of the ones that didn't do it didn't hold on to their clients. Mm -hmm. And the ones that did, I mean, were so jam-packed, they were complaining that they had to come in on work on a Sunday Mm -hmm. because so many people after the two-month close down were trying to get in, right? Yeah. And I remember I was on a, a coaching group, Facebook group, and I saw this these this thread of conversation. We're just going to cancel all of our appointments and start from scratch. And I was like, "What the hell are we doing? Why are you doing that?" No, mm-hmm. um, we didn't do that. We just the clients they would their their appointment would come and go. The governor would say, "Nope, can't mm-hmm. reopen. You're not essential," which pissed me off. But mm-hmm. okay, you're not essential. Um, so then we'd say, "Okay, Mary, your next one you already have for whatever day it was. Let's keep, keep that one." I did yep. the same thing, and it worked beautifully. Mm-hmm. And because we were already computer based, it worked. We were able to send out emails, keep mm-hmm. our clients informed. So yeah. a lot of things were were working to our advantage, and then we opened up May. I think it was May 9th. Mm-hmm. We got to reopen May 9th. We were on board with that. I don't know. Were you on the um, call with the state board? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for what all I, of the SS. Can I say shit show? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Like I'm like, girl, do you know me? It was a seven-hour meeting. Uh-huh. I mean, it, people were screaming over each other, trying to talk, and people were like, "We're not ready. We don't want to get a reopen. We're not ready." 
and the people that were ready were like shouting from the rooftops like let if us they're reopen. not ready let them not reopen but we were like looking at all these other states that were opening ahead of us and seeing what they were doing mm-hmm. and ordering our ppp and our mm-hmm. plastic and our Putting gloves and our quads. Us and- i mean i still have um quads or you know the mm-hmm. sanitation yep. stuff left from covid from three and a half years ago because mm-hmm. wow. we ordered so much we ordered a ton of color because we knew we were going to have to do that. We um, we were so set because when yeah. we went to reopen, these the companies didn't have all the color because yep. they stopped producing. Yep, and we had it. I yep. was so glad. I was having it shipped like to my 5N. house. Like five N. I remember there was like a crisis Shortage, about five N yeah. or something like yeah. that. Barbicide gloves. Yeah, you just yeah. had to make it. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I was having stuff shipped to my house, and then yep. we were sending it or taking it to the salon. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, it was. It was. It was, it a, was. I mean, now I look back and I'm like happy. Actually, I was just cleaning out my files, and I came across my file on COVID. The protocols, all, like, and all like, the things I was doing. Mm-hmm. I had a checklist, all the things. It was crazy. Yeah. And then you were also, as soon as you did open, so fearful that like OSHA was going to come in oh, and like and slap you with a huge fine. And um, oh, or yeah. if somebody was going to report you, somebody reported us at our salon that we weren't exactly six feet apart and we had to re mm-hmm. do everything. Mm-hmm. So it was just such a bizarre time. Yeah. For, look now where we are. But, like, there's, oh, but what's cool now is that the, um, general public knows that we are safe and that we have all these protocols we have to do mm-hmm. in order to stay in business. So mm-hmm. we, they had no clue about that because we had all our sanitation stuff in the back room hiding. Mm-hmm. It didn't look good. And we all that stuff, yeah, we were already pillows. doing. No, yeah. nobody you know, just knew Now that. we just had buckets showing them how we were sanitizing and mm-hmm. all the things. And people, I think they got a new perspective on our industry. Yep. I agree. Yeah. I think we all had to go, um, if you worked at the school, that we all had to do the barbicide training. Like we oh, all yeah. had to get the yep. certificate. And it was just... I'm not saying it's a waste of my time. I don't want that to sound bad, but it was something that we had been taught while we, we were in beauty school. Absolutely. Like it was something we, in our wash house, we had yep. a three part quack cleaning sanitation but system. clients wanted to see that like, little certificate that you took. They did. The and it's like, they, they think that like we were so dirty and we weren't doing anything to protect yeah. anybody beforehand when this is literally stuff that we learned in beauty school there's mm-hmm. literally chapters in your, their theory For book sure. that are based yep. on sanitation yeah so and it's know, something that i think going off conversation but you know how there's talk about deregulating our industry mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. and meaning people wouldn't go to beauty school they would just anybody could just do hair yes which is why but if it's that important and when they come in to inspect us they're looking for your sanitation they're looking for your license they're looking for your towels to be in a closed cabinet Container, yep. and hot and cold water in the bathroom mm-hmm. oh, and they're all and we're just not going to inspect people. I am right there like, with you. Like, what is it's going on? So I right? don't really actually know about this. Last that I heard is that we were all try- that they were. Oh, we were all. I still have my license. I don't always keep my license. At this point, I don't have my teaching license anymore because I didn't do any credits. Yeah, you had in the last two and a half years. So, um, I. Oh, where was I going to go with this? Deregulating. Um, last I, I heard that it, they was they were going to come up with one standard test for everybody. So it was going to be like how New York only does a thousand hours. So yeah. every state is based on hours, right? Mm-hmm. That they have to complete their program through beauty school. And I, the last that I heard, the last time I was part of that, it was going to be like a standardized thousand hours. Which would be great. That would be amazing. You mm-hmm. think so? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Why, why is that? You want to move to Florida and you just want to move. You, oh, you I see it on that part. And I'm I feel just... like your technical skills come after you get your license. And, and... If, we're, if the state board only regulates sanitation, they don't care how you do a haircut. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when you go to the, the test, it's not really how you do the haircut. It's how you hold your scissors. Did you sanitize? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you put the cape on correctly? Um, all the things. So. Yeah, exactly. But deregulating is coming from uh, funding. Because they're saying the average hairstylist can only make twenty six thousand a year, 
And well, we know that's back when true. I started, it was 9,000. Mm-hmm. That was the average. And they're saying, well, if beauty school is 25,000 to get to go to beauty school and they can only make 26,000, why are we funding these people that can't pay their loan back? But okay, so, so the Cordon Bleu Academy still exists, and that's a fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollar cooking, you know, college, yep. right? Yep. And Do they get from the United States, though. From like, I'm actually, I, that's something I'm not sure of. I'm, I'm just saying that in perspective, I don't know a lot of. Uh, sh- I mean, unless they're like a head chef or they own their own restaurant, are they making, you mm-hmm. know, fifty thousand dollars? But any cook I know is yeah. making twelve well, after, bucks an hour. After I went to beauty school, I worked in the financial aid office, so oh, I knew good. I knew all yeah, that federal, that. all the federal. <laughs> yeah, I love to hear about that. <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew way too much about the federal funding. So when they did want to take that away um, and just make it like a a, a blanket course or whatever like it was wild to me because these hairstylists need to learn like a lot of the stuff that they're actually learning and it shouldn't just be oh you want to go you want to cut hair okay take this online quiz or whatever it may be to or look get on in instagram to an influencer how to do a haircut yes. yeah 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 it's more than that yeah it sure is. and you take it more seriously when you've earned it i feel like mm-hmm. you know you really do yep it's crazy yeah um let's touch on um since you do have a hybrid salon now and you do commission and booth rent, let's talk about that for just a second. Okay. Um, how does that look like as a business owner for you? Is it harder? Is it easier to have a commission stylist? Is it harder to have a booth renter? Because like you said, they can do mm-hmm. whatever they want, yeah. really, right? I would say I've learned... Um, I, I would say before I've learned some of the stuff I learned, it, I would say it was harder. Um you just have to have systems in place for all the different people that come into your business. Mm-hmm. So the booth renters have a different system and the employees have a different system. Your front desk people have a different system. Your cleaning crew, everybody has their own little system. And then hiring the right people that mesh together. Um, but you do have a culture clash a little bit because mm-hmm. you have your booth renter mentality, which um, strategies is a coaching group. They call it the I, me, my um, mentality, yep. mm-hmm. my client, mm-hmm. I did this, right? But if you work in a business where you're all employees, it's we did this, right? Mm-hmm. And so you do have a little bit of a clash of culture there um, where the booth renter clocks himself out at noon and leaves for the day, but the commission or employee has to work till five because that's the hours that they were given, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I've noticed too, and this changed the subject, but have you noticed that it's not full time anymore? People only want to work 30 hours a week now. I agree. It's not a 40 I wish, week. It is I crazy. wish I could figure that one out here, but <laughs> I but, do you see know, that a you're lot. You're trying to offer them more hours. No, no I'm good. Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. Friday, that's good for me. I have noticed that because I was a full-time, before I had my baby, like 40 hours in the salon, if not more, because I do weddings on the weekends. But um, everyone's like, no, just go part-time. And now it just so easily was for me to go to three days. And because I work for myself, it's like, yeah. I, it's a it, mindset and it really it truly is you know and if and and the owner that is making their people work 40 hours and getting backlash from that and and saying how hard it is to hire people and all that and it's usually stemming from that because mm-hmm. they want a little bit more flexibility they got in this industry they're very creative mm-hmm. um so let them create their own schedule yeah but it was it was put into my head when i was in beauty school in order for you to be a successful stylist you had to work saturdays and not now, right, well, in beauty school, like it was a must. It Even was. when we went to that beauty school on Saturdays, like if you didn't come on Saturday and you weren't there by a certain day, you weren't allowed to clock in. Um, if you were there, uh, like if, as long as you were there by 10, 
you could still clock in. But if you were there at 10.02, you couldn't even clock in and get your hours for the day. Um, you had the chance of getting writ- written up because it was a mandatory day because it was the biggest day on the yeah, clinic Yeah, and when classroom. I went to B school, same thing. But yeah. guess what? Like my salon, we only, like Saturday, we only have six or eight people that work Saturdays. I was Saturdays. there this last Saturday and it blew my mind. Okay, like, I, clients, I saw four people doing that. Our clients for our salon want to come Monday through Friday banker hours. My yeah. busiest day, I used to work Saturdays, like I said, up until I had my baby. Now I work Mondays. My busiest day is Mondays. Ah. And people are just shocked. I can't believe you're open on a Monday. Yeah. Um, but and, you see, you're fulfilling a need. Your clients mm-hmm. want that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't want Saturday. Mm-hmm. And my clients, our clients, the ones at our salon, they're traveling on the weekends. Uh-huh. They're, they're with, with their, their family. Yeah. They don't want to come get their head in on Saturday. So I'm the complete different kind of client at this point because when I worked at the beauty school, I had Sunday, Monday off. So if I had a day to get my own stuff done, mm-hmm. that was always Mondays. Right. That was Mondays for me, right? right? Um, I never would ask any, try and figure out a, a color eyelashes or whatever on a Sunday because Sunday was my family day. Monday was my day to get everything that I needed to get done. Now that I work here, I'm Monday through Friday at the least. Right. So, and I cannot leave here. So if, if I need an appointment, I need an evening appointment or a weekend appointment. Totally. And, that's and your... it is so hard, mm-hmm. but I ha- am blessed. I truly am blessed with people um, that I've become friends with that I mm-hmm. am their clients, their customers, whatever, that they will do things for me, which I am so appreciative of. Yeah. But like, I still see Stephanie, you know, and I get waxed from Stephanie and Stephanie always makes room for me uh, once a month on a Wednesday at 6 p.m. Perfect. Like it couldn't be easier for me. But that's Uh, amazing. She knows how to accommodate her client and Mm -hmm. Derek, same thing. Derek, same thing. He's just like, whatever you need. Like if you want to meet me down at the salon at seven o'clock in the morning, we'll get it done. But you know, he loves mornings, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know that. So, but he (laughs) always loves. And even this last time um, when I was there on Saturday, it was like, everybody was busy. That was there. There wasn't a lot of people working, but everybody was busy. That was there. And I am so used to my private time with Derek. Yeah. Cause I always, yeah, yeah, we always meet up on Sundays and it's like, we're able to, just chit chat mm-hmm. i Take bring over coffee and pastries yeah. mm-hmm. and then when we're done we go to brunch like we make a day out of it Absolutely. practically yeah and then all of a sudden i'm like sitting here i'm like don't, don't why call. is there so many people here don't talk to them you're here for me <laughs> <laughs> like, and they're coming over and asking him color questions exactly yeah. Yeah. and it's just yeah. like oh my god but you know what every salon's different there might be a salon in midtown that works till 11 o'clock at night but they mm-hmm. don't start till noon mm-hmm. yeah. so that's what makes it so work like but they, all these different they find the right client that's our to target market yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i totally believe in that mm-hmm. yeah so Do the girl you... who does my eyelashes i'll give you i'll just stop this one but um the girl who does my eyelashes no longer works evenings and i was just like struggling i started panicking I'm like oh my god everybody's dumped me like what do i do and i reached out to a girl that graduated our school who i think does amazing work yeah. and she teaches all these classes now and she's just in reno and i just happened to reach out and was like she by chance work on saturday she's like yeah i can't get you in for you know two months but i'm like let's book it now like i have it ready to go i'm going next saturday i'm so excited though but like i found somebody who thankfully works on a saturday right yeah and there will be people that want to work the weekends you know and my my new people do grow faster on the weekends because that's when new people want to go Mm-hmm. to a mm-hmm. salon for some reason mm-hmm. established clientele go during the week they our, have like an either set spot like a today i had my tuesday 9 a.m girl that books six weeks from now tuesday night and like you know they, they they have their spots that they like to keep yeah their time. yeah they do Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that, um, like, is it, a is it a cycle when somebody is commissioned for a while and then they graduate to booth rent, like, or do your commission people like to stay commissioned? 
Um, they're all so the different. Rent. They're all so different. And when they're ready, you know, and, and usually they're wanting to go booth rental. They just think they want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, they make the same amount of money commission or booth with rent. Less they just don't know. Right. They just don't know until you sit down with them when, and show them the numbers. Because I just had one of my girls come to me and said, am I ready yet? I said, my, my husband wants me to go booth rental. And we just did the math with her. And I said, this is the math. And, mm-hmm. and so it was good. Yeah. She took that math back to her husband to show him she wasn't ready yet. Right, right. Yeah. That's good that you do do that little like interim with them they where you need show that them. Yeah. Because they're they're so attached to their numbers and they think they're doing so well. But I'm like, okay, can you live on $900 a month? Because I don't think you can. Right. And you just told you me you want $3,000 a month. So, right. Um, or whatever they're they're saying. So we just work the math and then um, show them how many clients that means. And when they fill their, when they get more productive, you know, when they fill their hours mm-hmm. and they want to add more hours, then we add another day or we add more hours. Yeah. But um, and then they don't realize like what the overhead really entails. Yeah, we go through with, all that with, with mm-hmm. booth yeah. rent. So but you know, even as a booth renter, you only make about fifty percent of what you bring in. Try you to know, tell my husband if that. you're on <laughs> budget. Yeah. If you're on budget. I'll come home and my husband will be like, oh, you did great today. I'm like, yeah, I made $600 or whatever. He's like, yeah, that's awesome. And I'm like, that's not in my pocket. Like, yeah. I, you know, there's yeah. a lot that goes into but that. But if we know it's only 50%, you yeah. know, when they say, okay, I want to make 50000 a year. Mm-hmm. Well, then we need to bring in 100000 a year behind yeah. the chair. So let's talk what that means. And then it's so fun. That part is the fun part about the business. I like that you really that. teach them. You know? That's what she used to teach that in the class that she would yep. teach at the school. Yep. So, um a lot of people ask me why you're my mentor and there's so it's so many different there's so many different levels on why you're my mentor uh but this is one of them and i'm so glad that you just talked about that because (laughs) i remember i was trying to leave the school and i was thinking about coming back this is way before i started working here but like the last two years i feel like at the school um was rougher for me between david being sick dying like i was trying to figure out my new path what was what was i going to be doing uh, you and I went to, and I don't remember the name of the restaurant, and I was trying to uh, shout them out for places that I go just because it's local, but we went to that place. Napa Sonoma South. Yep, oh, Napa Sonoma South. That was yeah, my we old drank salon. two bottles yeah. of wine. We oh, drank two very there. expensive bottles of wine. I mean, and what you were we and I, doing? Were we, and it was like <laughs> we the middle like of the day. Hours. We were there for like five hours. <laughs> we went through a giant charcuterie board, oh, and then we got food at one point. I mean, we went from, 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 from dinner you, to lunch. And I lunch still have it, yeah. and I meant to grab it. Dang it. I meant to grab it before I left. But you asked the guy for a piece of paper, and all he had was a receipt paper. And I have this receipt paper. I still have it. I know exactly where it is and you did the math for me on how many clients I need to have um how many clients I needed to have in general yeah and I want to talk about that next with you because that's pretty amazing what you did in such a short time with building your clientele but how many clients I needed to have how many days I needed to work or what my five days because I was automatically working what my start time my ed time was and formulations on how, because we had $100,000 at the end of it. Like, what do we need to make $100,000? You did it in five minutes. Like, you're like, bah, 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 bah. oh, you need three highlights, two haircuts, a blowout on Monday. On Tuesday, you need blah, blah, blah. And literally, and she gave me two weeks of vacation a year. Mm-hmm. So we only did 50. Like, the math was just, and we yeah. were we were drunk. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. We went through two bottles of wine between That's the two awesome. of us. Yeah, we did 48 weeks, because I always give people four weeks a year off. Oh, because I yeah. think in the in our industry, 
we need four weeks off. Absolutely. It's very yeah. hard on our body I think and, and the emotionally and mentally. Like in any industry. I mean, yeah. Not, yeah, look at people in Europe. They're like six weeks off. So I know. Come on. Amazing. Um, yeah, this industry, I think we deserve, not that nobody else does, but it is hard. It's emotionally draining. It's physically draining. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, taxing on our body and. Well, we do that at the, 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 not the receipt thing, but at the beauty schools, when we go in and talk to the beauty schools, and I usually bring in somebody that's already done the apprentice program or Mm -hmm. been a commission sus who's now a booth renter running Mm -hmm. her own business. And it's so fun to watch those people, um, those people latch on to the new people and hear what they have to say. Um, I just took karma, you know, do you know who Mm -hmm. karma is? Yep. Um, about six months ago, we went back to, uh, we went to Marin, is it Marinello? Is that the name? Oh, yeah. Did that close? No, that one closed. No, no. Okay. What's the other one then? There's uh, Milan. 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 Thank yeah. you so much. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what mm-hmm. the heck? <laughs> no, you're um, good. Anyway, we went to Milan and actually the, the teacher that had me come in was my teacher at the other school when I oh, graduated. Neat. So wow. Anyway, Full um, circle. But it was so cool to see her answering all these questions and... Um, it's, it's just really cool to see that this these new students who are maybe there's a 50 year old who's changing careers a 20 year old that has no clue what they're doing but they're there mm-hmm. um and then have those new people answer it's so cool yeah that's really awesome like, yeah and that was the school she went to so it was mm-hmm. really kind of like a circle for her right to go back and teach a class on business and how she right. did it and all the things it was cool. i remember that business class um but it's funny how like when you put that into perspective as a student and then like night right now when i reflect on it as like a professional for 10 11 years it's it's wild to just like really think about like if i would have honed in on that business class 11 years ago and really thought it through of like okay three highlights two haircuts mm-hmm. Um, and just focused on this that part of it versus the whole big picture of booth renting and building a clientele, maybe things could have been you know yeah. quicker or different. Mm-hmm. But that was your path. Yeah. No, definitely. You know. Yep. So I have heard never from your mouth, but I've heard rumors. Uh oh. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're not really rumors. But how many clients? Because building a clientele is hard, and this is where I failed as a stylist. And overall, this is the reason I went back to the school because again i was a commission stylist if i didn't have any clients like trying there's so many different things that you have to do to be successful right Mm -hmm. to behind the chair especially if you're a new stylist um but i feel like a lot of those things when i first started are not in place as they are today like with promoting yourself and marketing yourself but the rumors i've heard um all good, by the way, and they're not. Okay. I don't know if they're rumors or <laughs> no, not. No, I was getting there. Is like, that <laughs> you were able to build a solid clientele mm-hmm. within one year? Yep. With a pretty big number. Yep. And you still have without a, social media. Yeah, I was going to say, how did you do that without? Yeah. Mine was built on social media because my generation. Yeah. Word of mouth. Um, I just worked hard. I mean, I just, you know, you just set a goal and do it. You know, and. I mean, back in the day, you had to go to like a grocery store and pretend you were, you know, oh, hi, I like your hair. Get Here's my card, like those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But I belonged to the chamber. I belonged to a women's group. Um, and then most of mine just came from referrals. So if you do a good job on your client and they love you and you get them booked for their next appointment, they just want to share you with their friends and family. Mm-hmm. And that's how it works. So one person turns into five. Those mm-hmm. five turn into 10. So it just kind of blossomed that way. So I remember you teaching at the school uh, during this class because you somewhat talk about it. Um, 
and I started teaching it in my part. I've hmm. stolen so much. I feel like of tell information. Me. I want to hear that's what you do with you. though. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Tell me. What is um, that? Is that so? Let's say Betty, right? Betty's your your client, and Betty works at the bank. Mm -hmm. So go to the oh, dollar yes. store and you buy a mug that says yes, something cute or have that. a heart on it or mm -hmm. something like that. Fill we it up with that. a dollar uh -huh. worth of candy, and then throw four or five dollar stores. So you might be out five bucks, mm -hmm. maybe ten if you really go all out. And then you have someone else deliver that to Betty at the bank with like a little note. It's like, I just want to say, I appreciate you customer. Oh, wow. Like I, yeah. I want to thank you so much. And then everybody that Betty works with, there's Jan, there's Sally, there's yeah. Sarah, like, all who those people, right? Yes. Who, it's all of a sudden you become topic of conversation. Dang. Right. And so I would tell the students yes, to do that. We did do that. Yeah. yeah. And I had my new people do that. Wow. And it was, it was, and it, it has to be authentic. It can't be totally fake mm -hmm. you know you really enjoyed your conversation or your your time with that client and that was your thank you gift for them mm -hmm. like thanks for coming in for your, our first date basically and looking forward to seeing you next time and here's a little treat for whatever you what, know what a mean? killer idea mm -hmm. right? and something just like that little bit of like cherry on top that other people don't always do yeah you know? nobody they, does it or how about, exactly. they, about or it. How about they refer you somebody you send them that mm -hmm. you know like um my attorney that or she's a cousin of mine, whatever. When you refer somebody to them, they send you this pink box with beautiful chocolates or something. Like, I mean, it, the box is probably $100 worth, but they have a little bit, they get more money than yeah. than just a $50 haircut. Right, yeah. Um, but, I mean, that arrives at your business to thank you for giving you a referral. Yeah. You know, car dealerships give a $100 yeah. um, check to somebody that sends them a client. So it's similar to that. Okay. concept. I really like that. I need a pen. I'm and like, I think I feel like I'm getting like free <laughs> yeah. notes. And I think it, so back to the whole um, giving them more than what they expect, you know, over promising, mm -hmm. I mean, under promising and over delivering. And they have no clue you're going to do that. So it's really cool. Yeah, that was something I definitely stole from you and would teach at my classes. Aww. And there was a handful of people that actually did it and they would just like write me and say, oh my God, it, it worked. It's it so awesome. Yeah, it was so cool. I got two people out of it. Whatever, mm -hmm. that's two more than mm -hmm. you had the, the day that Absolutely. you had it. And it cost you $5. Totally. You went to the dollar. Now it's weird because it's the dollar twenty five yeah. store. <laughs> So it yeah. might be like or seven dollars, right. yeah, <laughs> five below exactly. But imagine how much you'll make from that one client over the whole year from that little investment, tiny investment. Totally. You know? And if you don't get anybody, it doesn't matter. It's just about the you appreciated that client. The client comes back to you and is like in love with you because look at what you did for her. Yeah, it's so amazing. Yeah, and I think building relationships is so important. With I completely clients. agree. I completely well, your, agree. Your staff and your booth renter friends, mm -hmm. and also the clients that come in the door. Mm -hmm. Um, so you have a bunch of great people that work underneath you. And I'm happy to say that I had an in. Well, now like there's no way anymore. But Risa would always if someone came in to apply first call that she would be make would be to me because if they said anything Jen about that school, yeah. Oh, yeah. like they she'd instantly be like, OK, so and I'd be like hard pass or absolutely like thumbs up I would or be thumbs down 100 well, that's like, how honestly. i got my job at the school is you were my yeah she you vouched for me you exactly know? But the thing is jen knew our culture mm -hmm. so it she did them a favor too because you don't want somebody that starts at your salon and they don't fit with your culture right? exactly so that was important and i think that was good for your students too very successful yeah mm -hmm. and you would give them salons to go to right absolutely you fit here you should go here uh, you yeah should go here. absolutely I did do that. absolutely and those I were actually my favorite ideas. things those yeah. favorite classes that i ever taught um, over all the other just like learning basics and things like that is the professional development courses that um, I created along the way. I I loved those classes. I had such a and I'd make it 
exciting for them instead of just so during COVID this is going back to COVID so COVID ruined it for me like ruined it uh, that was my out of this industry um, mostly because it's hard enough working at a beauty school right now all of a sudden me and one other instructor that was there we had to reinvent the wheel because in order for you to get paid they still have to be clocking hours right so if nobody was clocking or did you have to work from home i actually went to the beauty school and i had a classroom yeah i went into a classroom because i had everything i needed there yeah um but it got me because i had two kids so they were home already so i couldn't really like entertain make sure these kids are doing what they're supposed to and still stay focused plus i feel like distractions when i'm at home it's all distractions Mm -hmm. but by the time i got Gosh, we did that for like 10 weeks. It was like 10 Zoom, weeks. Zoom, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I took over the nail department and the nail department, um, there was certain laws, right? That they put yeah. in effect that you could not do over Zoom or online or whatever, clocking your hours. You couldn't do anything with chemicals. Well, okay. what is nails, right? Yeah. That's hundred yeah. percent chemicals. I did 10 weeks of professional development, mm. 10 weeks. And by the end, the girls were a little bit, they're done. They were done. But I kept them entertained. I did yeah. projects, mm-hmm. the salon project. Like that was a huge class yeah, of mine, like where good. I would give them a budget yeah. and be like, okay, I'm going to give you $500,000. Whoa. I'm going to give you $500,000. <laughs> this is what your task list is. And mm-hmm. it literally like they'd work on it for two or three weeks, you know? And how many of those students opened salons? I wonder um, because I got more attention on that. You know what I mean? Off the from that top group. of my head, three of them. Yeah, off the top a, of my a head, huge percentage three, that's three of huge. them, and there was only like ten of them at the time altogether. Um, but three of them own their own salons. But more than that, our booth renters went straight into booth renting. Totally. Yeah. So, which I think there's no rules on that. Yeah, but COVID, like I said, again. So I would do the nail people uh, Monday through Thursday, and then Fridays I'd work for Doug um, because he was. Um, not there on Fridays. So I did the Cosmos on Fridays. Yeah. And I would have 68 plus students online. That's hard. And maybe it actually wasn't because I was prepared. Like I would come in way early. Did they have to be on video? Sure. Or yep. were they? Yep. They had to be. Okay. They, they had, had to be. On. And they had to be response. They had to respond within a certain amount of time. And I took t- attendance three times within my shift. Wow. Right. And I think adults that are there to learn, it's different than like yeah. when you have yeah. teenagers, high schoolers. Doing yeah. Here's where the, the, the trick was, because like I'd say, let's say 68 of them would be on on Friday. I would have like five to six of them actually engaging in my class. And that sucked the life out of me. Like yeah. it sucked the life but out of me. But if you would have gone into it knowing that was normal, you'd have been fine with it. But you didn't know, I guess. It but I think none it was just because we that. literally, because we had but no think about- curriculum handed to us. We had to come up with everything to entertain these students day, every day, every night. Like we had to come up. So we spent hours getting ready for our classes i would put everything into doing like funny little teaser openers and then making sure i did something and play a game at one point and Mm -hmm. like so i was engaging with them the entire time and because nobody cared and they would just click on and walk away from the screen and i'd be like anybody did anybody read that paragraph Right. Yeah. And then there's my my rock star five people. That, because that's when you just focus on those people. Yeah. And I did. And but you I mean, know, like just... the 80 20 rule 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Yeah. There's probably less than 20% yeah. on your group. I mean, there were resistors, though, even live in person at school. Absolutely. But what's really cool is now you can look back and say those people that paid attention made it and the others didn't. And you know why. And yeah. you had a hand, a huge hand yeah. at that. 
And you know? I, I'm, I'm kind of getting sick of people using COVID as an excuse. I went out of business or I didn't do well. I lost all my client. I'm like, mm-hmm. that, that's not, there's no excuse for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should have pivoted. You should yeah. have. You have to learn how to adapt. adapt. So many people walked away. And then even right now, I can tell like there's a little change in the industry. People are like, oh, my clients are, my five-week colors are pushing out to six weeks or seven weeks just because with financially, things are just yeah. a little bit tighter right now. And they're getting, so, other stylists I know in the industry are getting so nervy about like, maybe I'm done. Maybe I'm just done. I should just walk away. and like, Or maybe you should get a client that comes in for that haircut on the fifth week. Right. Instead just, of exactly. that six Exactly. Don't be so fearful. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't even like think Everyone's of gonna need outside it. the box. Crazy, like up. Oh, that's it. It's crazy. all done for me. It's like um, this is like my career, so there's no walking away for me. You know, yeah, it's what's like the other you option? just exactly. Like, and there, it's I've been reading a book, and it's about possibility and capability, and um, it's talking about how your ability is something you already know how to do, mm-hmm. and your possibility or your capability or your um, potential. Mm-hmm. You don't know about it yet because mm-hmm. you haven't done it yet. You're just creating it in your mind. It's like when you set a goal, you're creating a goal. Mm-hmm. And I totally believe in that. But instead, people look at their past as evidence of what they can do. So perfect example of COVID or they can't build a clientele. Mm-hmm. They look to their past for evidence instead of creating their their future. Like mm-hmm. they're just living in their past life or their past self. Right. So that's so interesting. That's crazy. Because that's right. exactly like my whole, I mean, everything that has been in my past and I've done in my past and the places and people I've come across in my past and where I am today, night and day difference, like night and day difference, because I never want to be that person again. I never want to go through those situations again. Like I feel like the past is like literally what paved my future of what Mm -hmm. not to do in life, how not to raise my kids, all of that. So yeah. 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 Um, so you do have a lot of amazing employees. I am happy to say that I have, given you a handful of them that are still there which is great mm. um well not i guess given them so like yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but like point them, them there in the yeah. direction them over. exactly yeah. Yeah. um in your eyes what is um what makes a great employee in your salon i think personal drive like this is for booth rent or employee it doesn't matter what what role they're playing um when i see someone just sitting in the back room scrolling through their phone doing nothing that just annoys the heck out of me like dude like maybe we need to do something there's right? a lot to be done like you could be practicing on your doll head you could be posting videos you can go be making a video you can go do there's lots of things we can be doing yeah um so i think what was the question what what makes a great employee yeah what makes them a great employee i think that they have their own their own drive and their own goals and and a plan like when they arrive at the salon you're you're there for six hours let's say mm-hmm. what's your plan for that day Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And one of the things that in this industry, what they do is they see they start at nine, but they don't have Betty till 10. They block themselves out coming in late. Like, okay. Yeah. So what are you doing during that one hour that you were supposed to be making money? Um, are you then now getting three new clients? Are you, totally. you know, what are you doing during mm-hmm. that one hour that you've blocked time? Right. Mm -hmm. And then fast forward to the end of the year, because they don't look at their goals all year. They don't look at their finance. They don't know what the hell they're doing. At the end of the year, you're like, oh, shit, I only made 30,000 this year. Now it's too fucking late. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, too late. You are because you did all these things along the way. And then they're like, I need to go to a new salon. I got to go. The grass is greener over here. Right. Then they get over there, which is then it's worse, right? Because Mm -hmm. now they're new over there and then their clients still follow the same drive. Right. So then they quit and they become a nurse. I I don't know, something like that. But it's like, 
like they stop like a good employee doesn't blame the outside people they take you know full responsibility for everything that they do they have a plan they maximize their hours that they're there at the salon you know that kind of thing have you had to fire a lot just because they just weren't a good fit or nope they usually leave themselves oh that's kind of good yeah they work themselves out Mm -hmm. yeah and you know you have a couple meetings with them and i'm very hands-off i think although dean says i'm scary he says that everybody comes to him for questions because I'm scary. Oh, my God. You and I have had this conversation on a different level. I'm not oh going to interrupt you, but the same thing. Like, just because the, uh, especially men are intimidated, right, mm-hmm. by as power, uh, people who have a powerful presence. So I definitely think you and have I a powerful you presence. You know what? I'm not even. But at the salon, I'm more to the point. Mm-hmm. Like, just Why I don't beat around. Right. Like. I can't come in. I have a flat tire. Okay, we'll have somebody come pick you up. Where Where are you at? Oh, I'm actually at home. I'm hungover. I can't come in. Okay. Well, let's just just say the flipping truth. Yeah. I, I had I went out all night. I, I didn't get terrible. home till two in the morning. I'm really sorry, I screwed up today. Okay, then we're blocking you out. See you tomorrow. Right? Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Like, why mm-hmm. are we like making up shit? Right. You know, just stuff like that. But you know, like I I have to say, and I. You shouldn't prejudge because everybody has their own way. But you usually know when they come in and their first couple of weeks that they're going to make it or not. Yeah. And after you've had a couple of meetings with them to talk about their progress or what they're doing or what their ideas are or whatever, you kind of have an idea. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Um, why do you think that this industry has such a big turnover? It's hard. It's a hard business because you have to be all things. You know, you have to be the CEO running your own business. You have to be the CFO running your financials, Mm -hmm. the marketer. You have to be the talent cutting the hair, doing the facials, doing the lashes. So you have to do all the different roles. Um, And then, you know, then you decide to hire. You want an assistant or you want to hire a receptionist. Then you got to hire and then you have to do payroll and then you have to do taxes. So I think it's a hard business. They The creatives get into this industry because they just want to do hair, mm-hmm. you know, and do cool things. And then they realize there's all these other things that they need to know how to do. Right. Wrapping so them, that's their why. head around the like, business side of it all is too overwhelming. Yeah. And it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then go work for a salon that does all that for you. Mm-hmm. Then just become, be a talent at a salon and make all your money. Yep. You're going to yeah. make the same amount anyway. Because one of my stylists was saying, because I do the 60-40 split, or you get an hourly guarantee, right? That's how you get paid. Um, why 40? Why do I only get 40? I'm doing all the work. Well, we have to pay all your expenses, all mm-hmm. your overhead, and I have to pay your taxes. So mm-hmm. then you get a your return. taxes are pulled yeah. out for you, yeah. and you get what your paycheck, when you get that, that's what you take home. Yeah. You know, a booth renter, they take in 8000 and 4000 is overhead, and they still haven't paid taxes yet. So, because your taxes are on um, after your expenses. Mm-hmm. So, if you bring in eight thousand, four thousand of it is your overhead. Then you pay taxes on the four thousand, and you only made three thousand. Yeah, because self-employment taxes around thirty percent. Mm-hmm. And then at the time that they go to do their taxes the next year or whatever, that money's gone and spent. And so they, don't they don't set aside their money. Mm-hmm. I love this book called Profit First. Have you guys heard of it? No. It's for no. all businesses, salon business. There's one now, Profit First for salons, um, but Profit First. Just in general, the, that one um, is amazing. So any salon or business center that's on this this podcast thing, um, amazing. Because it tells you how to hide your money from yourself. Because what happens is, is you bring all the money in and you put it in one bank account as a mm-hmm. business owner. And then you, you uh, write checks for all your expenses. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then at the end, you decide or you look and see how much profit you have at the end. So, and CPAs will teach you how to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, your income minus your expenses is your profit. Right. So they teach your income minus how much profit you want to keep for yourself equals how much expenses it's your budget. That's how much you get to spend. Okay. So it's backwards. Yeah. So you you hide your profit somewhere else in a, another bank account. That profit doesn't include your paycheck. Right. That's just, pro- I want 10% profit for my business. Um, and people that say profit's bad, like, you know, I hear people say, oh, they're just a greedy business owner. Well, then why are we in business? Exactly. Right. So right. we can just break even and yeah, work our no, ass off? No, right. no, we need a profit. Right. So decide what, you're, what you want to do, 10 to 15%, 25%, whatever your profit is, and then go from there. So that's the book. Okay. I well, I'm going to read it. I'm a, yeah, interested. Yeah, it's a great book. Um, so Brittany is, and I know you didn't really want to talk about this, but uh, just to kind of give her a little bit of direction, maybe Brittany and her business partner are coming out with their own hair extension line. Oh, fun. Yeah. Ooh, good. <laughs> I do a lot of extensions. It was kind of time. Um, I do you wear extensions. Mm-hmm. They look yeah. great. Thanks. Oh yeah. my gosh. It's like, so windy if you outside would, tonight. Oh my God. Today, isn't it? No, if yeah. you listen to like three podcasts ago, she talked about it. Like, cause I'm always like, you always look so fresh. And then I'm here and nobody cares what I look like. And she's like, literally, if you would have seen me this morning with my mirrors in my bathroom, she does <laughs> Sewing it herself. Them in my so, I love it. Thank you. Yeah. I'm very instant gratification. Okay, so tell me what um, you're doing. Well, we just, you know, I just was spending, the middleman was, I was spending so much on the extensions to the middleman. And um, when I was on maternity leave, it was really important to try and find my own, like to wholesale my own hair extensions. And so I just started looking around. I found actually a girl in, in town at, that owns a salon that had the same idea mm-hmm. and she's like cool buy them through me but then uh, immediately the cost went up and it's like a mid- middleman again yeah. yeah and so um we just did the legwork we found our own, we outsourced our own we found them we named them we labeled them and um, now great. we have a supply in our That's salon amazing. and so but I just like trying to wrap my head around to the whole business side of it. You know, like we, we just got our business license and now just like, okay, we're like figuring out our accounts and now the other girls in the salon can buy hair through us. And so it's just like, if I feel like, I don't know what the right Overwhelmed? word is. Yeah. No, like overwhelming or like, like I... I'm not good enough to be doing this. Like, who am I to think I can run an extension line? That's you know? the imposter syndrome. I know. And no, I, I, I talk to Jen about that all the time. And I told I her. I talked to her and she wanted to talk about it. I'm like, let's not talk about I was that. Like, I don't know what people are comfortable. talk about it? Because yeah. I feel that daily and yeah. just even behind the chair sometimes, like trying to explain like hair color or whatever. But now even more with doing like running your own, trying to get your own hair extension line off the ground. And I'm not even trying at this particular point to like grow it where people buy from me. It's just so I can get my access to my clients. You want clients. your clients to be able to get a good deal yeah, and you can and give them a service. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but I just feel like such a fake, like, yeah, I don't know. It's Yeah, such... but every business starts like that. Mm-hmm. They, the, anybody that start brand new has never done it before and they're all going to be babies like you and right. then you're the baby business and then all of a sudden you grow and yeah, so right. you'll, you'll, you'll find. Right. right. And, I, and I feel like so far, like we're good, like it's it's starting out strong and our extensions, our clients are loving our extensions and it's, it's good quality, which I think quality mm-hmm. is always like the number one. And what kind of extension? 
tensions are they? Um, they're well, we do tapins or um, hand sewn weps. Okay. Yeah, and um, I like to steer away from tapins. I like the weps the bo- most, but um, mm-hmm. just going—it's really expensive to try to find somebody because you have to you have to buy the hair first, and you have to try the hair, and you have to wear the hair, and you have to do all these things and that go into it. And so it just—it's a lot to kind of get. But that you've off already the done ground. your homework. You've got the the extensions down. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And we found our supplier, and um, now we're putting them on clients, and we're getting a lot of feedback from our clients and we just started um we just got like a website it's not live or anything like that but you know just little things like that but at the end of the day all the time I just feel like and what am I doing it right like what am I doing you know it's just messy trying to start a business sometimes beyond just my booth rent are you doing a partnership yeah it's two of us Uh uh-huh okay is it LLC Mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah we did LLC and um but we're still just in the beginning of that because at first we were just kind of like rallying it off of our own little booth rent business. Like when we first like, okay, we bought in, we bought a ton of hair. Okay, now the hair is here. We got to get it on some heads. We got to get people mm-hmm. to pay for it. We got to we got to grow it. Um, but, you know, it's just... Well, eventually you might want to be an S-corp or you're like an LLC filing as an S-corp. Uh-huh. Um, and then you and your partner would just be on payroll. Okay. And it, I can tell you how to do that later, but I'm very interested in talking more about that. Because I don't because once you hit 50,000, they want you to move to an S corp or okay. a corporation. Does S corp protect your personal yes. all that? Okay. Yeah. But more importantly, you get paid through the corporation as an employee okay. and then you save on your self-employment tax. Okay. Okay, that's Yeah, good because to know. um the the company pays for your you know your taxes basically you pay half your seven and a half percent or whatever and the the company pays the other seven and a half percent and they run payroll and you get it through there and then because you're the owner or president or whatever you are with the corporation then you can take your draws at the end of the year so if you have you know profit and all the things you can take your draws at the end of the year right after your normal payroll Right. Yeah, because that's just where it is now. Like, okay, where do I tie the, the money all goes into one account, which is my business account. And then I have my personal, but that's opposite. But it's like, how do I differentiate between my behind the chair business and then my extension business? Because I want them to be different, you know, and, and they are different. And I want to be able to like, see where I'm growing here versus what I'm growing here. Mm-hmm. And it, it does get messy. So I'm I didn't know that you did this sort of stuff. Like I don't. I mean, I just have learned over the years. Uh-huh. But I mean, you do you have a CPA that you're working with? Um, I have a client who's a CPA that helps lead me. But no, I she, yeah. I don't. I don't. So use once you're here. at that point, you need to get a CPA, and then I would recommend doing that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then you and your partner become employees of the corporation. Okay. And then all your money goes in there, but based on what you do, you're uh-huh. paid as a commission stylist. So if you work three days a week behind the chair and she works five days a week, uh-huh. she gets 40% of what she brought in and you get 40% of what you brought in. Okay. And that's how you make it fair. Right, right. And because you could still produce more behind the chair three days of the week versus your partner who did five days a week. And you get a bigger paycheck right. because you get the 40, you're getting paid the 40%. Right. And that's the thing is like 40 per, 40% of my clients are already extension clients. And so I just need to figure out, you know, what, where that money goes to how I Well, file. the corporation um, owns the, the um, hair extensions mm-hmm. and they take care of the overhead mm-hmm. and yeah. you just get paid 40% on the service that you provided. Right. And then they keep, that money stays in there and you buy new extensions. Yep. That's your overhead. Yep. And that's all we've been doing right now. All that money just goes to one, and we're just figuring out. Right now, we're not really gaining that You just got to figure out how you're going to get paid. Exactly. But if you're being paid as a self, you're self-employed still, Uh you're paying higher taxes. Okay. Yeah. Gosh, we're going to link up. As <laughs> I told you. I There's a reason. Yeah. Right? I know. Okay. So once you hit 50,000, she literally, you can it's anything. file as yeah. an S-corp and still be an LLC. Yeah. 
Did you have this business knack because your no. dad was a business person? No. no, you just no. But my mom seriously um, ran my dad's dental bu- business. My dad was a dentist for forty years, and so when I opened the salon, my mom came over and showed me how to use QuickBooks. There was lots of tears, lots QuickBooks of sleepless is nights. Hard. Um, just learning how to be a business owner, yep. right? And um, so my parents were leaving for China for three weeks on a vacation, and I had just opened the salon. I'd been in business for like three months, and I'd been working seven days a week nonstop. And I looked at my mom. And I said, I just need a vacation. And she goes, yeah, you need to work harder. <laughs> and she walked away. Uh, good for and her. And like, mom. That's like, why yeah. you have you the you drive. You get three weeks off in China, and I have to work, keep, you know, like, yeah. yeah, yeah you but that's have to why, keep yeah. on working, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, but no, that's how I learned it. And lots of books and podcasts and classes yep. and education. Yeah, you know, I spend a lot of money on education every year. That's like so business education, yeah. not not just can you write education. it off? Yeah, yeah, you know, and you yeah, learn actually something the salon and you grow. writes it off because yep. I'm a corporation. Yep. So all my education goes through the salon, and I still get a paycheck. Right. The salon is funding the employee, which is me and my mm-hmm. other employees. Right. For their education. Smart. So when we bring classes in, like you do, the salon pays for that class, those classes, and mm-hmm. the education. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. S corp. Yeah, we'll talk later. Yeah. <laughs> and actually get a CPA. That's what I would recommend. Okay. A good CPA that, that you meet quarterly with. Uh, so talking about, let's talk about keeping things local. Are there any like like local charities that you, do you feel like it's important as a business owner in Reno Absolutely. to give back? Totally. No, number one. Okay. And then where are you giving back most? Like, what do you see? I know that we worked together for the hair and makeup competition for a yeah. lot of years. And that money would always go to a certain. Yeah. We would pick a charity. Yeah. Exactly. A certain charity. But like, what are you doing now in the community? <sighs> Every year we we've dialed back actually since COVID. Um, I was giving to so many different charities and we were all over the place. So now we've dialed back. So what I do, because we're mostly booth rental, is I let them be in charge of that. Um, Because whatever they're passionate about is what they're going to get involved in. So we just did St. Baldrick's. Um, Dean and Carmen were in charge of that fundraiser and we were part of that. We're doing Moms on the Run. Um, We did the Leprechaun Run. Um, just being out in the community doing those kind of things. And mm-hmm. then I love the Humane Society because I'm like a big animal mm-hmm. lover. Like if you go to my Facebook, it's all sharing animals are lost and all yeah. the things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, are, is she, are you sure she's a hairstylist? <laughs> all pets and animals. Yeah. Um, but we used to get so involved. And I was in Seroptimus for a lot of years. And we did women and children. So that was a big thing, too. But um, I've dialed it back, actually. Yeah, that's Honestly. where I met because the Sir Optimus Club is what you would use. We did the, the hair, hair makeup, makeup competition, mm-hmm. and then she and then, was when she was a student. Her and her business partner uh-huh. were a team and were in the yeah. competition. It was such a cool competition, but the Sir Optimus group decided to um, stop the competition. Like it was, uh, they it was decided it that's when I picked it up, yep. and that's when it the, wasn't their thing. Jen became like one of. I was like, "You're going to be my friend. You don't know it, yeah. but you are." <laughs> I heard there's another one happening though. There was a there's somebody. That's starting another competition locally. I wish there I would was know that. just one. It wasn't a competition, um, but there was one. Charisma that's... Styles, because I follow her. Uh, mm-hmm. She's a friend of mine's cousin. Okay, they just did like a a compet. Not I don't Is think it, it was a competition. It was professionals, mm-hmm. and they all had models, and okay. it was like a night of fundraising and all of that. Okay, yes. Um, okay. It was just a couple weeks weekends ago. I wish I yes. I, re- I, wish I saw. I, I saw. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, good. You I, know I what? felt like it had that same kind of vibe, but yeah. yours always had like a theme, and yes. then everybody would do go on that theme. 
But yes. um, gosh, we had some fun with those. Mm-hmm. We yeah, had do you some remember fun. Kristen Nierman, the makeup artist? Oh yeah, so I follow her on TikTok now. She is huge yeah, on TikTok. She's huge, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. How cool. Yeah, she's the one. Oh, I, you wouldn't know because that was before. Kiss and that makeup was is you. the business. She has kiss and makeup here in Reno. Oh, cute. Yeah, she does a ton of brides. Uh huh. Um, yeah. But I've met so many good business owners. Um, Trace, who owns Caliber, I met through that. Yeah. That, um, Let's see, La Di Da, but uh-huh. we have a new owner. La Di Da has yeah, a That's Rachel. It's my Rachel. friend. Yes. Yeah. You know Rachel. I yes. know you know yes, Rachel. Yes, I know Rachel. Yeah. So, um, but that's our... just the salon part. So Rachel and her business partner, her business partner runs the bridal side okay. and then Rachel runs the salon. Okay. Got it. So yeah, I met a lot of those people through doing those kind of things, even though I was a salon owner. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this. I had mentioned it before we came on here that... Um, it's amazing how many businesses have gone out of business in the last 20 years mm-hmm. who don't you like when you look at them, you're like, whoa, whoa I just hit my microphone. Yeah. Um, like they look so perfect on the outside. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're out of business the following so, year. Perfect whatever. example. Rapscallions. Yes. Uh, Rapscallions is one of my favorite restaurants in Reno. Best yeah. And, and it was Murphy's. Yeah. Oh, I grew up on Famous Me Murphy's. Me too. My husband and <laughs> yeah. I would go there before we were married. Yeah. Yep. I've never been there. But I went to Rapscallions literally all the time. They had the best happy hour because it was two times yes. a day, every yes. single day. Yes. And like every St. Patrick's Day, I would be yep. there, all that kind of stuff. But... Like you would think, like you want, it was fine dining. It was always busy, always busy. And then COVID happened. And then all of a sudden they were gonna, they were remodeling and then they just never opened back up. And it was just like, that was a successful restaurant here in town. Yes. It was like a staple of Mm -hmm. downtown Reno. I felt like. Yeah, all the locals loved it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I mean like uh, 4th Street Bistro too, but I think they went out of business before COVID hit, right? Was that before 4th Street Bistro? Or was it around the same time? Maybe I think it was around the same time. Yeah. I know our family always used to go to Gas Lamp, and that went under during COVID, and that was depressing because that yeah. was a great restaurant. Well, they say that every business, like most businesses, are thirty days from closing. Yeah, thirty days, like one bad month from because closing. they just don't have that. Like they only have one month's worth of mm-hmm. reserves, or mm-hmm. they can only go for it. So, and that is scary. And we readjusted all of the things we do too because it was scary. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, my, my booth renters didn't want to pay rent. And at the time, I decided not to take rent on the, that April, you know, mm-hmm. because they were all just like, they didn't know what to do. Like, yeah. right. But my landlord was like, still paying rent, dude. You got the building. Definitely. Yeah. And you've got another five years, girl. So yeah. you, you're bucking up, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's where all those PPPs and all the things came into play for people. Yeah. If they applied for that. Yeah. How do we get back to that conversation? I know. Uh, <laughs> well, um, I want to wrap this up because I can hear the guys and I'm pretty sure that they're going to be on right after okay, us. Perfect. Um, but um, I want to talk about what's next. What's next for you? We kind of touched on it a little bit before this, but you and I touched on it months ago um, about your business coaching. So yeah. let's yeah. let's wrap yeah. it up because okay. I know you've coached a ton of. Oh, I know Brittany you just here. coached me for free. I'm so <laughs> oh, sorry. No. But what's next? Like, tell me. Show, you know, um, that picture for so us. So last year I decided to enroll myself in some classes because I do I do classes. We talked about that, and so I got certified in, in life coaching, which also is business coaching. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to my niche was going to be because you know I've been doing a business for 20 years that I would coach business owners, um, life coaching business. Cause once you're talking about business, other things come into play like my kids or how to, you know, do my timing or my time management or whatever. So that's what I'm doing. 
So it's really fun. So I'm just dabbling in it right now because I'm still running Trey Mosh. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm there four days a week. And then on Mondays, I'm working on my coaching business. Do you, so. what's your rates for, like, do you have anything like that in place yet? Yeah, or? I do packages with my clients. So I, I can't tell you like right now, yeah. but like people would just sit down and tell me I, I'm going to need four weeks, just this, or I just need one appointment to get my head on straight, or I need 12 weeks of instruction on this, or I want every week I want to work on a different topic. That's awesome. And it's usually one once a week for an hour. And we can do Zoom or in per. If you live in Reno, I meet the people in person because uh-huh. I like to be in person. Right. If you're not, we just go on Zoom and yeah. chit-chat. And, and you then, just kind of help them break down anything. Uh, yeah, and then they usually get a homework assignment. So we'll pick a, a topic they want to work on, and then we'll, as a as me and that person, we decide what your, your um, homework is going to be. And then we talk about it. Did you accomplish that? And then they're on to something else, or they want to keep working on that. So, so cool. salon owners especially have lots of questions. Yeah, about definitely. Certain things. So it's kind of cool. You're the type of person who thrives on staying busy. Like you have to stay busy. Yes. In order for you to be successful. And like that ever since the very first time I met you, it's like boom, 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 boom. Like you're always going, always doing something new, thinking of something new. Like absolutely. You're a truly amazing individual. And I'm beyond ecstatic that you're part of my life. So thank you for that. I feel like coaching is perfect for you though. You have all these grains of knowledge that it's like, why wouldn't like you're you're selling yourself short if you don't share that because you have so much. It seems like there's so many layers to what you know that I think I just want that when I retire I wanna do something that I can do at the lake or you know, I can just be doing yeah. for fun. Yeah. I mean, yes, it would probably be a an income place later, but right now it's just more for fun. That's you awesome. Know? So. Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, because, I'm, and I'm glad you just kind of said that you, could, you eventually with retirement and then doing something at the lake, um, family time. Yeah. So it is so hard for me in general with anything. Like even when I worked at the school, when I worked behind the chair, um, because I'm a worker, like I'm a workhorse always with everything. I give it 200% with everything that I do that I feel like I tend to put my family on the back burner um, Mm -hmm. more times than not, which is never intentional, right? Totally. But it's just, especially now that David's gone, like in the last five years, like I'm the the breadwinner. I I have to be the mom, the dad. I have exactly all the hats. I come here, I'm in charge of everything around here. And like trying to find that balance when it comes to my my personal in my personal life um when it comes to the weekend like i hate being committed and Brittany and i have, and I have had this conversation multiple times i hate making commitments on the weekends because that is my downtime mm-hmm. like that is my time to chill relax get some things done that i need mm-hmm. to get done that i can't do during the week yeah but engaging with my kids and like making sure my kids are thriving they're doing great but at the same time like i just want to make i don't know how do you do it how do you do it with as busy as you are is to balance it between home life and turning it off for work life yeah um i mean i've taken lots of classes on time management and one of the best things that i learned was block timing and also the the Monday or Sunday, whatever is the beginning of the week for you, is everything goes in your calendar. Make a list of everything that you want to accomplish that week or you need to get done. And then you put it into your calendar and then you crumple up that list and throw it in the garbage can because it's not a to-do <laughs> list anymore because you've now scheduled it. Right. And nothing gets done unless you've scheduled it. And once you've scheduled it, it's a priority. So basically that's your job. So if you say at five o'clock the phone turns off and you're with your kids, then you have to listen to your appointment and that's it 
No, yeah. no emergencies. Although we talked about this morning, I had an alarm at the salon and had to handle that over breakfast. Emergencies and all that are different. Things. That's different. Mm-hmm. But but definitely um, block timing. And then Friday at the end of your week, if that's the end of your week, let's say it's Friday, um, then spend a half hour decompressing, looking at your schedule, making sure you got everything done, and then setting a to-do list for the following week. So when you meet your meet with yourself on Monday, then you plan your week again and put it in the calendar. That's actually fa- fantastic advice because sometimes I don't know when to turn off to turn on for my family, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Because yeah. yeah. And whatever and- whatever you say it's going to take, like you pick a project and you say, I don't know how long it's going to take me. It might take me all afternoon. Well, that's a bad answer. You just say it's going to take me two hours and some from two to four. That's what I'm doing. Like here, you told me what how long we were going to be here and I put it in my calendar. This is my block time. Mm-hmm. Same thing with all your other things in your life. And yeah. we do it with clients, Absolutely. like hair clients. We mm-hmm. already know this takes an hour and a half, 90 minutes. Our next mm-hmm. haircut's coming in. Mm-hmm. We don't take more than 90 minutes because mm-hmm. our next one's coming. We know. So same thing in your personal life. You know that work ends at 5.30. You drive home. You get home at 5.45. I don't know. Do how not to turn disturb it off. on your phone is the best part. Though. I, I don't know how to do that because I feel like I'd I think be you're in passionate trouble. about it though about your business and your job. Yeah. yeah. So, so I live off of my calendar. Like literally, those are re- appointments, right? Dark yeah, you blues did a reminder. Great job. I yeah. do it every single day, yeah. and it's. Uh, but that's how is I that keep my boss too? organized. Uh, yeah. Organized. But is there a block block off for family time? There's not. You, you need to schedule that though. I know. Yeah. I mean, and then, like, but you also need to tell the kids that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On their calendars too. Like on Tuesdays and Thursdays from six to nine is our family time. Yeah. Come up with what we're going to do, and I'll be home at 6. Yeah, because that probably getting everybody on board, knowing that, like, this is our scheduled time, then, mm-hmm. you know, talk to me about anything you and want in this guilty. hour. Let's go have fun in this yeah. hour, or whatever it may be. Yeah. Just the other night, it was just me and the boys, and um, I, for one, by the time I get out of here, on most days, by the time I get out of here... I do not want to go home and cook dinner, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like bad, making bad decisions and all that. My son, I'm just like, can you guys start thinking about what I can make for dinner that's easy and quick? And Gavin's like, we have bacon. And I'm like, BLT. How about breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> like I had pancake mix and yeah. eggs. And I'm like, and everybody's going to help. And um, it really annoyed my mom. She was just having a bad day. My mom lives with me now. I don't yeah. think that yeah, that's I something that, that yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but. We turned on the Alexa and we were dancing in the kitchen, me and both boys, it. and making pancakes and bacon. That's like, adorable. We had the best time. And I even have a video of Caden doing the stank leg. Like, it was just like one <laughs> thing after another. And it was just like something that I haven't done mm-hmm. with them in a hot minute. And it was just like my heart was full like yeah over full cool. chisel out that time like two nights a week we're making yeah. dinner together you guys yeah. have to be in the kitchen yeah. i don't care if you help but you have, to you have them come up with the menu yeah they're old enough they are yeah. old enough i depend like, on them for so some, much i really depend on them for a lot and just have them out and tell them to pick one and then when you go grocery shopping you grab the ingredients yeah yeah that's a great idea yeah yeah, I can't wait till I can make my little child help me. Right? She's all six months. <laughs> Give her a minute. I know my husband's oh. been teaching Annalisa how to, our 10-year-old, uh-huh. to cook um, every Wednesday when she doesn't have gymnastics. And it, I'm like, when I first time I saw her with the big old knife, I'm like, holy oh. crap. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but she like eats, like, we just went to dinner. She had lamb chop. I mean, she's a very advanced eater. Yeah. Like, Love it. She got so a palate. She likes to co- yeah, likes to cook. So yeah. that's good. Gavin's the, kind of the same way. Like, he comes over here and they hunt. So, like, we always have, like, goose tacos or we're eating duck fried rice. But it's amazing. But which, uh, me at their age, I would have been like, oh, 
hell no, I'm not right. going to eat it. Like, I can't even believe I eat it now at 44. But Gavin's just like, oh my God, that was delicious. So I could have yeah. eaten six of yeah, those I saw goose the tacos. Traders out there. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some good meals that happen at yeah. the house. We I do a lot that. of You'll fun stuff. You'll have to come to party. Yes, please. That party. Well, I really want to say thank you for scheduling me in your, fitting me into your time. I really think a lot of people who listen to this are going to be able to walk away with information um, and hopefully reach out to you. Let's end by how can people actually reach out to you? So your salon I know is located on McCarran and 4th Street. Yes. Okay. But how can they find you? Like how can they contact you on the internet? Are you on Instagram, Facebook? What's the best way? Well, my social media manager handles all that. So you would talk to Marcel and then she would forward you to me. Um, So Trey Maj is on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I'm so old school. Email. That's how I am. Okay, what's your email address? It's Risa, my name. R I S A. Dot Tremage, T R E S I M A G E, at gmail.com. Perfect. All right. I'm sure we're going to have lots of people. <laughs> Look at Brady. Brady's like, I know. you just <laughs> got a new client here today. I would love to be on Instagram, but I just don't do it. It's just. Yeah. And that's not where I got my clients. I have from, to do so. it for work. So like I for I feel your pain on it. I, I cannot stand social media, but it's part of my job. Yeah. I truly so. wish I could remove social media, but like I think I would be okay without it. But that's how I get clients. Yeah. I, I post like, oh I have an opening. Yeah. Immediately book. I don't and know. And that's how, to do how it. all the hair cells are doing it. Yeah. yeah. You know? Or but this. as a salon owner, I don't need that as much. I mean my my be Marcel so promotes all the other people, you know, yeah. and they get their business. So well, I'm so glad out. Marcel's still doing that for yeah, you. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. yeah, she's fun. So thank okay. you. I love Thanks, you to Jen. death. Thank love you so too. much. Thank you. I, I learned really so much appreciate from you. you. Uh, we want to give a quick shout out to this Life Ain't for Everybody podcast series. You guys believe in us. We love that. Uh, we appreciate your support. We appreciate all of our listeners, the feedback, everything that we get from you guys. If you guys have a topic of discussion or know of somebody or want you yourself to be a guest on our show, please reach out to us on Instagram at 40 years to freedom, or you can reach Brittany at Brittany K underscore Reno. Look you got it, got it. <laughs> it only took a year. Um, I'm our badass mom. Please reach out to us. Let us know what you guys want to hear. Talk to us. Show us some love. We love talking about you and having you guys on as well. So thank you guys so much. 